Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts all of us. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. The Broadband Bunch, as always, sponsored by ETI Software. Well, welcome back to the ETI booth at Esri's GeoConnects. Uh, with us, we have Rafael Fernandez uh, from Esri. Uh, thanks for joining uh, uh, the Broadband Bunch podcast today. Thanks, Brad, and pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to be here. Yep. That's great. So uh, you and I were just talking a bit ago, and you mentioned this is your second GeoConnects? It is, yeah. It's actually been a lot of fun, this one. The first year I came to GeoConnects was last year. Yeah. And I'd do a plenary demo. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to be on this side of the aisle. <laughs> And just hanging out, you know, watching people present the cool presentations, what's going on, yeah. and not have all that stress behind it. That's good. So low pressure this year? <laughs> a little bit less pressure. Okay, yeah. hanging really out nice. with the vendors. And hanging the, out with the vendors, people like you, very ETI, nice. which great work you guys are doing. Very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, so tell us a little bit about what you do at Esri and, uh, and, and where you're going with your department right now. Yeah, so... I guess this is part of the reason why it's a little bit less stressful for me. Yeah. Uh, in December, Esri created a new partner technical enablement team. And what we're trying to do is really help our partners scale through the partner channel and understand what their market looks like, understand what their solutions look like, mm -hmm. help them do some technical architecture, make sure that their model aligns with our sales model, make sure that the technology is being put in the best way forward, mm -hmm. and then helping you sort of prototype and maybe even identify new technology that's coming down the pipe that you don't know about so that you guys can have some success. Yeah, so I've been doing that since December and it's been a ton of fun. Oh wow, that's yeah. great, that's great. So GeoConnect's being uh, focused on utility and telecom. Mm -hmm. So uh, describe to me how uh, uh, broadband services and broadband service providers are, are helping your job. Or maybe it's maybe it's making it more difficult or? <laughs> <laughs> broadband. I mean, I couldn't do my job without broadband. Of course. <laughs> like, you of know, course, the internet's yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been responding to emails all day. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so great <laughs> so, example. Yep. You start with the internet? So, yeah. of course, well, you know, broadband. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's really, I think is personally really exciting for me is seeing the Autodesk and Azure relationship mm -hmm. and seeing that come to light through some of our partners and seeing how people are using that Autodesk software and that design software to really connect it back to that whole utilities workflow understanding how you can look at sort of these large-scale alliances that Esri's working on and then implementing that technology in certain ways to support other customers and partners. Yeah. Right. So talking about just the evolution of design in uh, all types of networks, utility network, telecom network, broadband networks. Yeah. So clearly we started with tools uh, decades ago and you know your relationship with uh, these CAD tools is starting to evolve through, through Esri, and ha I mean, how is that working in some of your new uh, innovative software? Yeah, so I'm, I don't know if you know this. Maybe maybe you didn't hear about this. And 18 months ago, we created a strategic alliance with Autodesk. And so for like 30 years, we were competitors. And now we actually have aligned and worked together with each other's stacks to really help the end user, the designers, really work together, bridging information, moving back and forth across both platforms. Oh, so to complement each other now, so you're you're completely not competing. It, well, well, yep, exactly. Yeah, that's we're wonderful. Trying to do that as much as possible. And it's, you know, there's decades of history, and so we're working through all that, and we're making some really great headway on that sort of work. It's really exciting. That's great. So so describe to me some of the, uh, 
some of uh, the newer innovations that, uh, that Esri is putting out in the market for utility and telecom type uh, customers? Yeah, I think when I think about some of the cool, exciting new software that's coming, I think of things like Experience Builder, mm -hmm. which is this new version of Web App Builder, which is JavaScript 4 based, it's got 2D, 3D embedded in it, it gives you multiple map views within it, you can build widgets, you can really expose that data, but it's also got that really powerful back-end analytics server that you can use by using the GIS server and building widgets and writing your own custom tools and hitting that server and doing that analysis there. So you're, so you're actually not just providing uh, the GIS platform, in some of the tool sets, but you're also building some of the real-time engines and, yeah. and data stores, so filtering and triggering data in certain workflows. That's exactly right, and we can see partners like you actually taking that data store, that real-time engine, and really configuring it for the market and helping drive organizations to do the best work that they can. So you mentioned something a bit ago about 3D. Yeah. So ex uh, explain a little bit about 3D and how that helps some of your, your customers and users uh, worldwide. Yeah, so when I think about, so my history at Esri has sort of gone through many different transformations. Um, I started off giving presentations to CEOs, CIOs coming on site. Then I started working in the natural resources industries, mostly petroleum upstream. and we really worked around health and safety, and so looking at oil spills and understanding what that looked like. Mm -hmm. And at the time we were doing that, we were only doing that in two dimensions. Then we started to figure out how we could actually model that in three dimensions and build plumes of that data and see the migration of those plumes. Because what's on the surface is not what's necessarily on the bottom of the ocean. Oh, okay. And so seeing those ocean currents sort of move and that analysis is something that you, know, you can do in the platform. And we see organizations doing that. Now, I'm going to go back to the Autodesk relationship. Autodesk has embedded 3D throughout their applications as well. So you think of Civil 3D, you think of Revit. Mm -hmm. You're also able to take that 3D content and publish it back into ArcGIS. And so you've designed your data in a way that it's three dimension first. And then you bring it back into ArcGIS, or you bring it into ArcGIS, and then you use that powerful analytic engine those geoprocessing tools to do site analysis, solar analysis, to do things like wind analysis. Um, again, the oil spill, you know, what's happening on the currents under, under the ocean surface, right? Right. So really understand that. And then taking all that data and then exposing it to end users so that they can get a better understanding of what they're doing. Yeah, it's cool. Um, a little bit ago, I was uh, here at the uh, on the expo floor. I was listening to a couple people talking about uh, fixed wireless market yeah. and doing um, tower site surveys cool. and trying to figure out uh, like remote ways to manage that whole process and and how that's that's really a lot of heavy lifting for them to do those site surveys. I mean, it's that's something. Can you tell us some more about that? What, what do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean by site surveys? Oh, I switched it over. Now I'm doing the interview. <laughs> Little uh, role reversal there. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, so 3D can help a lot of these new telecommunications networks too, I, I assume. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not super deep in the telecommunications industry. And so using the platform and using the tools is something that I'm, I'm pretty interested in doing. Mm -hmm. But understanding the specific workflow in the, util in the telecommunication industry is something that I'm new to. And so. Mm -hmm. What, what exactly do you mean by doing site suitability in three dimensions for a telecom? How does that work? So, as far as I understand, setting up a, a tower that would service wireless, maybe CPE, yeah. and a residential home, 
or in a business. Yeah. Uh, a line of sight is required to handle that. Really? Yeah, and so anything that gets in the way of those things, whether it's trees, yeah. whether it's weather, whether it's terrain, all those things. Does can, wind affect that too? Wind absolutely affects yeah. it, yeah. And so mapping out those wind corridors and those tunnels and looking at all that context around that one site is incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. So in some of the sessions that I've attended uh, today with yeah. Esri, it's clear that there are a lot of factors that can be uh, put into different layers mm -hmm. in mapping yep. and then um, brought out through dashboards and deliver information automatically to people to make better decisions. So line of sight survey is really interesting to me because that's something very new to telecommunications and the advent of 5G. I know that's yeah, a challenge that's going to be coming in the next five to 10 years that you know telecommunications service providers are going to have to tackle. Which company do you work for again? ETI Esri? Software. <laughs> <laughs> I know the E, it like, throws you right really at the, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, was, yeah. that was a great sales pitch. Where do I buy one? <laughs> yeah, so you can just walk this way. Uh, we have a purchasing counter right over here. Oh, excellent. Here's my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. So tell me, I am curious, you, you seem very passionate about what you're, what you're, uh, what you're doing. Yeah. So what, what got you to where you are today? I mean, what In, led you down GIS? this path? Yes. Yeah, um, long story. But let's abridge it a little bit. Condensed version? Condensed version. <laughs> I got my undergrad degree in urban agriculture. Okay. And I was really interested in understanding business models for agriculture in an urban setting. Mm -hmm. And I had a professor who was like, hey, do you know about this GIS thing? And I was like, no, what's that? And he showed me what mapping was. Ah, okay. And I instantly got hooked. And so I started mapping, got my master's, worked at a local government for a little, little while, did some private consulting. Mm -hmm and then got the opportunity to come work at Esri. And so then I made the transition, came over, and have been on the dark side ever since. <laughs> <laughs> the dark side. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Raphael. Right, it's a pleasure. Really appreciate it. It's yeah. great to see you, and I hope you have an awesome conference. Thank you, you too. All right, thanks. Joining us on the podcast today is Anastasia. Can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do for Esri? Uh, sure. Um, hi, everybody. So I'm Anastasia Savchenko, and I'm a solution engineer on utilities team uh, at Esri. I'm a part of a global um, business team of Esri Inc., mm -hmm. but I'm the only one who's located not in U.S., but in Europe. So I work closely with our distributors in Europe and help them to serve their customers. Um, with the utility-specific uh, industries such as electric, gas, mm -hmm. telco. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. That's a lot. So you uh, you commute from Europe every week, and you come into the offices, <laughs> Esri. <laughs> Almost yes. Every every three months, I would I would say yeah. Well, I get here a lot, but majority of my time I spend in Europe. Oh, great, great. So so tell me, how's the conference going for you so far? It's actually pretty cool. I've never been to Geoconnex before. It's mm -hmm. my first conference, um, and I got to go on a stage and do a plenary talk. Cool. So that Very was cool. really cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it so far. And so, what did you talk about during the plenary? So I talked about how you can identify the early adopters who are going to install the renewable energies in your city mm -hmm. and how you can take that information and model the distributed generation in the utility network and how you can start seeing the impact of renewables in your, on your distribution network 
and then how you can you know use this information for your future predictions. So for those that don't know the whole Esri product line, so mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the utility network and, and what it means to your customers. Yeah, so utility network is just this solution that helps you to model your distribution transmission or um, you know generation network and help you to understand all the assets that comes with it um, and basically geo-enable your traditional um, schema of your of your network and put it in software and so that this way you can observe all the changes that happening and, and understand your assets better. Cool, very cool. Yeah. So I, I was I was listening to some discussion earlier and it sounds like uh, the attendance at GeoConnects is an all-time high yeah, for attendees. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's neat. So what have you what are you hearing from attendees? Like what what are the new innovative things that they're looking for in uh, some of the GIS technology that you're supporting? Yeah, we actually were, we're really proud of this year GeoConnects because it's, it's really high attendance and we get a lot of good feedback from customers. Everybody's really excited because the technology is really evolving and there's a lot of great partners that are also partners of Esri that comes with us and filling up the gaps where, um, you know, adding adding like IoT um, customized solutions and, and all this interesting stuff that's happening. And my personal favorite is that I think that I'm coming from Europe, so we have a lot of renewables already in the, in the mm -hmm. networks, our, our mm -hmm. networks, right? But in US, it's still a slightly underdeveloped, um, and I think that it's gonna come really fast, and it's gonna fill up the gap, and uh, you're gonna see a lot of that good motion going on with the renewable and green energy starting. Okay, okay, so there are some differences then between Europe and the US, is that, is that that's one of the many, or what, what other differences may you have, may you have seen with uh, GIS technology? Um, I think this is one of the specifics of the, just, just because of the different lifestyle and different understanding of and, and politics, frankly, that the, the policy, the environmental policy is much stronger in European countries. Um, and then we don't have that much oil and gas running in our, in, in our pockets. So we have to implement all the renewable energies and, and think about the future. We can't really afford to buy oil from someone all the time. Wow, very yeah. interesting. So, so tell me a little bit about how you got involved with um, this GIS technology and where you started. Um, obviously, you didn't just start a week ago. You've been you've been doing this for a while. So, what's your story? Yeah. So, I actually it's it's interesting because I I was not a GIS person originally. I'm an electrical engineer, and I spent um, some time working and writing my dissertation for my PhD on distributed generation. And then I moved to the states and started to work for uh, Honeywell and ESG and I, I was working with the energy savings projects and coming up with the strategies of how companies can you know improve their bottom line by improve, by bringing save energy saving um, devices and, and all the solutions mm -hmm. and then at some point I I've just realized that GIS is super cool and I want to get another <laughs> master's and I really want to combine my engineering background and my energy understanding with GIS technologies and I think GIS opened up so much opportunities for you to see where everything is, to see what others can't. You know, G-enable your operations, G-enable every single thing that you can work with, 
and, and visualize it all and use the maps for it and IoT sensors and everything. It's just, it, it blows my mind how much opportunities there are and yeah. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about um, kind of the community aspect of GIS and what you've seen and how people share this uh, within their community and their constituents and their geographical areas. Yeah, so I think that GIS community is still pretty tight. It's, you know, it's a, it's a new coming, upcoming science maybe, if you will. And it's really cool to just go, like, once you go to UC and you see, like, those 20,000 people, kind of, right? Right. You understand that these are, and these are the people you're going to see all over again throughout your career mm -hmm. in all different events. And the people are very willing to share the information between each other. People are w really trying to cooperate with each other and bring something good to make better decisions and to help each other to make the projects, to move them forward. And yeah, I think that GIS community is really, really nice community to be a part of. Absolutely. And it's very friendly. Interesting. So tell me what's next for you in, in GIS. Sounds like you're going on for a master's in GIS now. And what's, I finished what, it. What, oh, you finished it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was working um, I was working as an engineer and doing my master's, okay. so I'm, I'm done with that. So. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so what's next for you now? So now that I'm working as a solution engineer at mm -hmm. Esri, I'm actually taking role of trying to bring the story of renewable energy and show how utilities can use the renewables and do not be scared of all this uncertainties that comes right. with renewable energy. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so basically I'm gonna try to take that story and develop it and show it to the utility companies. That's great, that's great. Thanks so much for sharing your story with Absolutely. us today. it's a pleasure to meet you here, yeah. And please come back anytime. Thank you. It's great to see you, hope you have a great show. Thank you, you all too, right. bye bye. So with us today, we have Tarek Kandakchi from Lubbock Power and Light. How are you doing today, Tarek? I'm good. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, Lubbock Power and Light. Uh, Lubbock Power and Light is uh, part of the city of Lubbock, uh, utility company. It's an electric provider. And it's been there since 1916. And uh, it serves the citizen of Lubbock within the city limit of Lubbock. And uh, it generates and distributes electricity to more than 10,000 customers in Lubbock area within the city limits. And um, we, they uh, con committed to provide uh, reliable and most efficient and most respected uh, utility, municipal utility in the country. That's great. That's great. So uh, at the Broadband Bunch, we... Uh we like to present what uh, different service providers do and what different vendors do at uh, all these trade shows. And um, clearly today we're at Esri GeoConnects here in Atlanta, 2019. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do specifically and how a GIS impacts what you do on a daily basis. Um, me, myself, I'm a GIS coordinator at the uh, Lubbock Power and & Light. And uh, the main goal for us is to provide 
accurate information in timely manner. That's the number one priority for us because GIS is more, is more it's the science of where. Mm -hmm. And um, it, the best uh, thing we, we want to provide is accurate location of all the services of all our uh, network mm -hmm. and in a timely manner. So if you want to perform any task on those electric utility, you will have the accurate location in, in the time you want. Great, great. So, obviously, operating and managing any type of network and utility, and you know, broadband is really becoming another utility to deliver internet. But uh, more importantly, electric utility. Obviously, you you have to have accurate data throughout your network. I mean, and, and you're using GIS and exactly. Esri's Arc GIS for this today. Exactly, exactly. Because and you have a lot of devices, transformers, open points. Um, in, in a lot, in a huge amount in the network. Mm -hmm. So you need to know where each service point is located, each meter where it's located, each transformer, at what address. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to send a crew to fix something, they need to know exactly where they are instead of spending a huge time just looking for the correct point they want to fix or you mm -hmm. want they want to look at. So it's very important, and especially you need to, to have uh, the proper tools to do this task, which is another challenge, is to find the best tool that can serve your, your purpose in the shortest time that's, that can be done in it. Cool, so GIS is giving you these tools to properly, properly manage your network. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And with time, like time advances, technology advances, and every day a new thing comes out. And you need to keep to say keep up with all those challenges and all those new technologies. Because every, every day you have a new thing that provides different as a problem that solves another problem that wasn't uh, you can't solve it a week before or even a month before or even right. a year before but now everything is advancing everything going to a next generation of softwares artificial intelligence is taking a huge part of this right. to uh, automate automate every single aspect in GIS that's awesome so so you are using a lot of this real-time information then to, to, to manage your network. Absolutely, we use a lot mm -hmm. of um, uh, management system information mm -hmm. and we use a lot of uh, uh, softwares that will help us to deliver the best accuracy to, to our customers and to people who work with us in different departments. So I am curious, I'll put you on the spot a little bit, so what are some of the challenges that uh, um, you have maybe on a daily, monthly, quarterly basis that GIS has uh, specifically helped you solve? Um, the main problem is location we, because and convenience of use. Uh, before, um, the crew that want to, to fix any problem, the electric utility, they spent a lot of time in locating the exact point they want. Mm -hmm. So with GIS, with proper proper software in GIS, you are able to provide them this accuracy. Like GIS helped us a lot in uh, uh, support, give information that supports other departments in their job. Mm -hmm. And also the challenges is to, to find a good software that fits your need. We've mm -hmm. been working with a, uh, a software before that was a little bit difficult to deal with. So we had to move to another software, more advanced software that is that was more efficient and more timely, uh, uh, sensible to us, and in more timely manner. Very good, very good. So, and so it sounds like you've had a lot of wins then with working with uh, an ArcGIS platform, specifically mm -hmm. in the business. So, 
Uh, so I'm, I'm curious, so what motivates you specifically outside of you know, your, your uh, daily work life to, uh, to work with a platform like this? Um, mostly the uh, ArcGIS, you mean about, you talk about ArcGIS specifically, right? Yeah, so uh, the ability to, to, uh, uh, to deliver visualizations. Yes, to... ArcGIS is easy to use and user-friendly mm -hmm. more than uh, any other softwares. So that's one of the things why we used it. It's user-friendly, it's easy to deal with, it can host many, uh, uh, many functions, many tools that helps mm -hmm. you to advance. And me, myself, I worked with it before in my PhD degree, so I have a familiarity with ArcGIS. Great, great. So, so where do you see it going from here in terms of uh, helping you with your business and helping you on a daily basis? Uh, I think ArcGIS is advancing a lot, and uh, um, the tools, the challenge is providing proper tools. So I think the tools in ArcGIS are advancing very rapidly. A lot of uh, uh, steps, a lot of functions that you need to do in many steps, now you can do it in one click. So that's what I think ArcGIS is trying to move forward with this aspect, is to be more user-friendly, uh, perform many tasks in a short time. That's the main thing of it. Clearly, so as they innovate, then you can innovate also. Is that true? Exactly, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And they have a platform where you can develop your own tools, and that, that should be good. Yep. So, so uh, let me ask you a personal question. Uh, mm -hmm. Clearly, you're from Texas, but I'm not picking up on the traditional Texas accent. So, where, where are you from? Uh, uh, we're from Lubbock. Okay. But originally, I am from Syria. Oh, excellent. Yep. So, um, in, did you hear about this in, uh, when, when you grew up there, or is this mostly just something you've learned when you've come to, to Lubbock in the uh, States? Well, we used ArcGIS when I was doing my undergrad degree mm -hmm. in Jordan, University of Jordan. Oh, then excellent. I moved to Texas Tech to, uh, to do my PhD studies, and, uh, uh, and starting there, I start to look for jobs. And, uh, and in my studies, I use ArcGIS as well a lot. Special analysis. I'm in geosciences, so spatial analysis is is very important part. Wow. So yeah. yeah so spatial analysis truly is a is a global thing. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. it is. Yeah. You're a perfect example of that. Uh, yep. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Especially in developing countries. Developing countries needs more work on providing uh, accurate spatial data, especially for humanitarian aspects and for electrical for like uh, city services. Like you need to have accurate information about the location of everything. That's fabulous. Yep. Well, well, Tarek, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. I hope you have a fabulous week and it's, it's great you to too. sit with you and discuss with you. All right. Thank you, Brad. Really Thanks appreciate so much. having me. All right. Bye-bye. So with us today we have Derek Landers of uh, Geograph Technologies. How's it going, Derek? Uh, it's going well. We're really enjoying the conference today. Cool. Very cool. So uh, tell me a little bit about what you do at, uh, at Geograph. Sure. Well, I'm an account manager there, account executive. Uh, and what I do there is I foster and manage existing relationships with our clients to try to really keep 
not only an eye on our relationship's health, but also an ear to the industry's needs. And Geograph is a uh, software company? Yep, software company in Clemson, South Carolina, mm -hmm. and we, uh, we help um, municipalities who are struggling with uh, siloed information or information in too many places or telecommunications companies who um, are frustrated with uh, not being able to get answers in different departments or universities and also utilities. We help a lot of folks out. And so your core product is? Crescent Link Crescent is our Link. core product, yeah. Okay. And, and so how do, you, how do your customers use Crescent Link today specifically? Sure. Uh, it's, a, um, it's an extension for ArcMap, um, and they are using it to manage their network assets and in outage situations to uh, be able to quickly get the information in a GIS environment that um, is vital to success. You know, we have people we've talked to who were experiencing having to dispatch you know, crews of folks in bucket trucks with no information going forward, with complicated splice points on spreadsheets and things like that. And now we're able to bring it all into one place and uh, so they can quickly dispatch and get out and, and really mitigate the risk involved. Cool, so uh, in, a, in a typical uh, municipal broadband company then, like uh, who would use this software, who would operate the software, and uh, specifically, like what kind of designs would they Sure. That's a great question. Um, so Crescent Link has some flexibility to be worked with in, in multiple job workflows. Um, from a GIS administrator or sysadmin function to also folks that are on the outside plan and engineering side. So with several different uh, parts of the product inside of the Crescent Link suite, we're able to take it from the design phase uh, through and as the as-builts come back after uh, construction uh, for like a municipal broadband or something like that, then they're able to take that information that's already in one place and manage it from there and not have to go through the conversions in and out of a different program and things like that. So there are several functions along the line where we see our users at. So being at GeoConnects this week, are you, uh, you seeing a lot of the same type of model? Are you seeing some international flavor? Like, like so t tell me about your experience so far this week at GeoConnects. Yeah, it's been great. I'm, uh, I'm always enthusiastic about coming out and, and networking and meeting new, new faces and seeing what's going on in our industry. Uh, I've also been super impressed with the other folks who are modeling fiber here. It's a great community and we know that each of our products has its own strength and so by getting to meet the folks, the attendees who are here and, and just listening to what they have to say, it makes it really easy to just say, hey, you know, I think we can do that for you or that sounds like that's not one of our strengths. You might want to go check out someone else. So it's been really good and the, the relationships are, are great. I know that at Geoconnex, the target market is here for our product. We're at a larger conference. There are, like Esri, as you see, there are so many folks doing so many different things, right? But here, we all kind of have the same interests and struggles professionally. It's nice. That's a great comment because uh, in the broadband community, there's uh, a lot of different software companies that complement each other. And, you know, truly, we have, there's a community here at Esri, too. Everybody can work together and, and help customers achieve a, a common goal. So tell, tell me, how long have you been at, uh, at Geograph? You and I talked about this a little earlier. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So I've been there since uh, December of last year, uh, early December. Uh, they brought me and another, another account executive in uh, with no experience in telecommunications or GIS. And Really? Yeah, it's wow. just been a great, 
a great drop in because we didn't come with any of the former product knowledge or anything like that. We were able to truly focus on getting to the point of what our customers need to hear, right? We didn't have predications to, to one type of software or ways that we thought you should be doing your work. It truly became about creating customized workflows for our people to make them successful. So Esri has been around for 50 years now. I guess yeah. it's been 50 years, right? Yeah, it's their 50th anniversary. So yeah. you spent about one year doing this. You're, <laughs> you're a bit green. I mean, coming to a, a, um, a conference like this, I mean, what are some of the things that stick out to you as like new and innovative? Yeah, so there's there are some things that are on the, that are on the forefront. I think that one thing that I've been kind of impressed with is the ability of modeling live events in the field and, and the, it kind of makes my brain start to crank a little bit about the possibilities with our products with that. Uh, that's something I plan on taking back and it's kind of inspired me here. Um, also, you know, with Esri's events, I mean with 50 years, so you, you know, I've talked to some folks who have been, you know, that were using Arc Info and things like that yeah. and they, they talk about, you know, the um, all the years, how the improvements have come through in the technology. And one thing that really impressed me was how far I feel like our technologies come in a year Right, so it's kind of inspirational, really, to see what you could build up to or, or what kind of success we can build as a company and for our clients, and then you know, look at how we're all here in support of Esri, right, and, and, to, and to be here, and their product is a, is a backbone for a lot of these products, right? So um, just being able to have that established relationship and lean on them when we need it is great. Yeah, it, it, as you describe your software, it's interesting, you know, broadband companies, uh, their most prized possession is the network that they purchase. Their assets, absolutely. Right, so mapping their as, their assets and knowing that they're visual in an application where they can consume it through the whole organization. And you guys take a lot of pride in knowing that you're the company that, that can deliver that. Absolutely, if, if it's the right fit, we are more than happy to be there for them. We, we uh, and just managing the you know that relationship, right? Being able to call them and, and say because you know, anybody can sell you software, right? And anybody can you know any sales guy can take their wife on vacation and mm -hmm. and then if, if they don't care about you afterwards and you have no support, then that's a that's a loss for your company. That's not success for you or your client. So we take pride in that for sure, and and just want to make sure that we can we can bring them to the future, right? To where they want to be. Understood. Understood. So. Uh, you've been involved with this for about a year. Yeah. So, uh, what led you to this point? I mean, you you're in the GIS industry now, and right. what led you to this point? Uh, well, I um, as I was uh, looking for new jobs, I used to be a consultant in lead generation. Uh, mm -hmm. So, massive amounts of data, a lot of complicated email marketing campaigns, and things like that. Um, so, as I was looking for new work, I stumbled upon Geograph, who, uh, who through some connections, I found out we're looking. Mm -hmm. And I came in and I was just, I think, while I'm a little more excitable than some of my other counterparts <laughs> at our company, I think that my, um, my interpersonal skills um, and my love of people is really what, what drew them to me. And they said, man, this guy, this guy gets people. Mm -hmm. and, and I... And for a company that uh, is mostly engineers, that's probably a pretty good thing, right? But yeah, you might stand out a little bit. Just yeah. a hair. And yeah. if you saw me, I stand out pretty well. But, <laughs> but we've got a great team out at these events, too. Um, and I was able to leverage uh, their talents as well to keep our team successful here. So I, I, uh, I saw something uh, on the first day here. You guys won an award for some... Uh, 
for some new uh, software that you built for Esri. Tell tell yeah. the people about that. Thanks for mentioning that, Brad. That's uh, we're pretty proud of our new um, FCC 477 reporting tool in the marketplace for municipal broadbands. This is uh, this is a game changer. Um, as we were in development of this tool, we were listening to several of our accounts that are in the in that industry, and they kept mentioning that this is painful for them, that they are having people sometimes who are spending massive parts of their day just trying to get the data that they already have configured into this report. That being being as green as I am makes absolutely no sense whenever I looked at it the first time, right? But uh, so this is a free tool that you can get on the Esri Marketplace. Uh, it is a ArcMap or it's a ArcGIS Pro plugin, right? So it's not for ArcMap where CrescentLink lives, uh, but it's the first in our line of Pro products and. Um, it was great to premiere it to Esri at Esri UC, and uh, and to do to do what someone said took them forty hours. We did in forty seven seconds. So, wow! So this is a this is a mandatory federal report. Then absolutely, if you're receiving funding, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so who would have to do these reports then? Well, every organization is different, and I think that's part of what makes it so painful, okay. right? Because no, some folks don't even know who whose responsibility it is to do this report. But I mean, it is a required report if you're receiving CAF two funding. Oh wow! So anyone with with broadband connectivity and service delivery on a network like that would have to uh, would have to have a, port, a report like this for the government. Absolutely, wow. yeah. So what, and you just need two basic pieces to really make it work. Uh, you need to know your um, your polygons for your for your census, and then you need to know what speeds are being provided in those areas. Oh wow! Um, so your your max uh, advertised upload speed, your max um, advertised, uh, or I'm sorry, your max uh, contracted upload speeds for commercial and, and governmental purposes, and then uh, and just little bits of information like that that you can just put in and and spit it right out. So it was something that was, I don't want to say easy to do, but we were highly capable of producing something like this. And, and it is a direct result of our response to the market's demands. Wow. Wow. That's big. That's yeah. huge, man. Congratulations. Thanks. I wish I did more to, <laughs> to design it. <laughs> well, you have an awesome team, it sounds like. So, uh, so what's next for Geograph now? I mean, you have GeoConnects. Uh, this week. So what's what's going on in the in the weeks, the months to come? Absolutely. Well, since we're based in Clemson, South Carolina, I think we're going to enjoy the rest of football season <laughs> and uh, enjoy some holidays with the family and regroup and get ready for the next year. Uh, Geoconnex is our last uh, real big show for the year. Um, it kind of puts the puts the sprinkles on the cupcake for us. You know, it's nice, uh, it's nice, nice to get to be out here and so close to home for us. We're only two hours away, so we're able to drive down and and uh, and just get to meet with the folks. We are in development of more um, of more tools for Pro, and as well as continuing our development on ArcMaps Crescent Link. Well, great! Congrats on the award to you guys, and uh, absolutely. And uh, I have to say, good luck in football season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, yo! I, I would be uh, I would be in trouble with the boss man if I didn't say go Tigers <laughs> right now. So. Well, thanks again, Derek. You have an awesome conference. Thanks, Brad. We appreciate right. it.